method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades while the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes. Welcome back to another episode of the 30 with the cast members I'll be announcing in a second. I will tell you that, uh, can you believe, I think it's 11 episodes where we have the reigning world champion, Phil. You are now officially the longest reigning the 30 champion with some controversy. A um, little bit. Joe, after defeating him in the final round was bitching a little bit and yelling, oh, which it's good to see him whoa, get a little whoa. crazy. <laughs> you know? And then the player was whining as usual. There he is. Whining, saying he was set That's up. That's what I do. There was a lot of anger going on. You know, It was. Abe. Justified. Abe and I were discussing this. Abe, Phil has proven to be a great champion. Maybe the Bob Backlund of the 30. Does any of this wow. cast members have a chance of defeating Phil? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think, um, you know, I think Joe's got a really good chance. You know, he's been playing really good. I think Phil can always defend the title. You know, he's really good. And, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, Dan can come in and, and steal it. And, you know. What about Benny? I just, yeah, I, I mean, I Benny, want... Benny... Benny plays the game, definitely. You know, he's there. I just want to let everybody know that Abe is doing a fantastic job. Hey, let's That's go. a smart man right there. <laughs> Real right, smart. And there's Dan. Welcome back, Dan. Dan. Can, guy Dan, in the room, right? Do you think you're going to win back your title from Phil, the Bob Backlund of the well, 30? Much like CM Punk 
I've got my real belt in a bag because he's got a title I never lost. So wow. Oh. Oh. It's, wow. It's getting fired. fired. It's on. I will share with everybody that um, I did get a call from Benny earlier today, and he, he tried to feed me a question. Ooh. He said, look, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but maybe you should ask this. And I'm like, mm, that would be against the rules. That would say that I have no morality, right? Because I would take a question from one of the players. I'm just saying. This is like 2016 Donna Brazil and Hillary Clinton trying to feed her <laughs> oh, the, uh, the answers oh. and uh, questions before the great debate. My goodness. All right, before we oh, get to boy. the first question, I do have to ask Dan this, because, Dan, you were late to the party. Um Suzanne Summers or Joyce DeWitt? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, grow, growing up in the era I grew up in, uh, anybody that stayed stayed up late watching Thighmaster commercials, they're going to have to answer Suzanne oh, Summers. Whoa, question. yes. That's a great answer. Give him a point Absolutely. there. Absolutely, yeah. Let's give him a point just to start <laughs> off with that answer. Great reference, yeah. Look, he. Dan, you start off with a point, and you didn't even start the game yet. Look at that. Wow. Man, Benny. (laughs) Real quickly, did anyone see that David Letterman episode when he went backstage? Did you guys ever see that David Letterman episode where he went backstage and Suzanne Summers was doing the thigh master backstage? In the green room? Really? Like, she was... She wasn't even That's a guest on the show. He's like, "What's that noise going on backstage?" <laughs> yeah. Back there. If he's yeah. doing the thigh master. It's like, yeah. it's gold. That's gold right there. God. Gold. That's awesome. That's the equivalent of uh, Backlund with the Harvard step test, right? All right, guys. Question one. Phil, you're the champ. Uh-oh. You're on the thirty. Here comes the question. Last night we got Edge versus Christian on AEW. Yeah. Did the match meet your expectation? Oh, I did it fall just a wee short. Phil, please explain to the fans what you believe. You're on the 30, waiting for the clock. Go. I like the match. Uh, there's certainly a, quite a good buildup for it. Um, it's obvious that these guys have wrestled either together or against each other. They, they quoted 500 times they've been in the ring together. And I think they were very fluid and obviously very trusting with one another. And they had a really good back-and-forth match. I mean, Edge stormed him initially and was really uh, kicking his ass. And, and, of course, everyone was popping for that. But you knew inevitably something was going to happen at the end. You knew that they weren't going to be left alone to do their own thing because, you know, this is just the beginning of the feud. And... Um, we weren't quite sure who was going to interfere, but I have to admit, though, uh, the end, while it was predictable, was still enjoyable. We had Nick Wayne enter. We had all these other characters. And someone I've grown very fond of is Nick Wayne's mom. When we talk about, you know, divas and future divas, uh, Nick Wayne's mom is quite something, you know. And for a moment, it seemed like we didn't know which way she was going to go. You know, we were obviously hoping that she was going to belt Christian. But ultimately, she nailed Edge, Adam Copeland. And, uh, you know, we can understand why, because she kind of really was uh, playing a logical part in this whole backstory here. And uh, I think we have the makings of this whole family dynamic of a great feud. Great match, obviously unresolved as it was meant to be. But I thought that they, the back and forth was great, and I thought that they're both super competitive. Well done, champ. Good yeah. opening round. <coughs> I personally, well, 
I shouldn't weigh in. That's not my job. But I got to tell you, good job. Joe, you were a oh, Suzanne, you were Suzanne Thummer's, Summers' thigh master away from dethroning the great champion, Mr. Phil DeCessere. Oh, God. Let's oh, see God. if you can get something done. You're on a 30. Go. All right, here, here he goes. Okay, uh, my rating of, for that match last night out of 10 stars, I'm going to get it, I'll give it a 6.5. I'm going to tell you why. The hype and the buildup for this match was pay-per-view caliber. We got nothing but maybe a second or third match into a uh, house show type match. Edge, phenomenal competitor. Um, um, Christian, unbelievable competitor. Something was off with this match. They're in Montreal, Canada. They're from Canada. The fans at, at one point were trying to chant these guys to perform better, and they just couldn't do it. Everything looked predictable. You know, some of the moves they were doing, it almost looked like the production uh, thing was off with them because you could see them saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Let's do this. Let's try that. You know, and there were some mat- some parts of the match that were okay, some parts that were just horrible. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. I love Edge. I love Christian. I just think something is wrong with AEW's production team where I know it's a professional wrestling uh, company and so forth, but that didn't, it didn't seem right. And the ending... I mean, I don't even know who Nick Wayne's mom is. I had to Google that Shana. last night, and her name is Shayna. Right, her name is Shayna. And I'm sitting there going, she comes down, and she's going to be the person to end this match? I just don't get it. I don't like it. Like I said, one out of one to ten, 6.5. That's it. Adam, Adam Copeland, I don't know what he's going to do from here. I don't know what happens now. Nice work, Joe. You just sunset flipped uh, Phil. He's in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Player, you have no negative points going into the first round. <laughs> this is a big deal. It's probably the question you did not want to get, but you had you have a little bit to recoup. Maybe you could have watched on YouTube while you were waiting for the first two to finish with that 30. <laughs> You're on the board. Go. Richie, I, I'm I'm ready to go home now. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> that that's pretty good. That's well done. So that that will forever be known in uh, the thirty history as either the steamboat stall or the play a pause because I didn't watch the match. So it's kind of like when you you know you you show up at school after cutting a week and the, you know you get handed the test and it's multiple choice and you, you have no clue and you just you circle C. So you know you're going to probably get at least a 25. That's where I'm at right now. I mean, these guys have such a huge – they went to grade school together, for God's sakes. They know each other, like, I mean, more closer than brothers. So I'm kind of surprised to hear that the match didn't go the way it probably should have went with two guys of this caliber. Um, I'm thinking that it probably has a lot to do with AEW and how they scripted the match maybe instead of just letting these two guys do their thing. That would be my guess. But, I, you know, the one thing I do know, I mean, these are guys that are they're consummate professionals. They're both, I mean, yeah, they're 50, kind of, you know, the tail end of their careers. But I think if, you know, it's one of these deals where it's going to be, a lot of it's going to depend on how they book this thing. It's not the, the, the you know, the players. It's, it's the, you know, it's the screenplay. So hopefully, and they, they have so much they can do with this. This can last forever. Hopefully, you know, rocky start, but it turns out well. I tell you, not a bad round for someone that didn't even see the match. Not too bad. Wow. Well wow. done. Players always say that. That was play. my uh, Richie's mom imitation. Is that all right? <laughs> Dan. 
I know you still think you're the champion. Unfortunately, you're not recognized. You're the Antonio Inoki of the group. Um, you're on the 30. Go. If this match was a glass of soda, I would have sent it back. That's how flat it was to me. If you were to look at oh, nice, if seriously, if you were to look at this match, AEW, like everybody says, they want to feel younger. Well, they can feel younger watching this match because we're two thousand again, two thousand WCW. How I mean yeah. to say when she came out and she's holding the belt, looking at both of them, anybody would would one working brain cell knew what was going to happen. This is John Stewart hitting John Cena. This is Viagra on a pole. This is. Vince Russo level booking. This is horrible. Plus, if I may also point out, this is not the first time AEW's dropped the ball like this. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, the reunion of the Hardy Boys, and the first match between Edge and Christian, all on free TV, all fall flat. How does AEW keep dropping the ball on these moments? Edge and Edge versus Christian, excuse me, Adam Copeland versus Christian should have been a pay-per-view match, plain and simple. To have it fall flat on TV in front of a Canadian audience is embarrassing. I get that they're trying to push this moment further, but no. To have her come out and turn on the guy that just gave her son brain damage a week ago is absolutely just stupid. makes no sense to the storyline. I don't care how charismatic Christian is. It's dumb. It's bad. And despite the fact that these guys have chemistry and there were moments in the match where you're like, holy shit, I'm impressed these guys are both in their 50s. They both looked 50 in this match. They were slow. It was a bit off. The crowd was dead for parts of it, which is really sad. But, no, flat, horrible, and, and I'm really disappointed. Wow, good rounds. Wow. And boy, uh, I, 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 I cannot wow. agree more. I, Phil, I was so surprised you enjoyed that match. I thought they just were awful, awful. Yeah. Can we can we can we all come to terms with the fact that Dan looks like a young gorilla monsoon with those we, chops? We could. <laughs> Let's give him a point for that. I like that. I like that. Gorilla Mon Gorilla Gorilla Dan. I like it. Yeah. Gino, <laughs> are you giving the point to Dan or Joe? Well, much <laughs> to Joe, much, not okay, to Dan. Much like, to Joe. Much like Gorilla and Bobby, I'm yelling, "Will you stop it?" at Benny all the time, so <laughs> All right, question number two. Brian Danielson confirms role on AEW disciplinary committee that fired CM Punk. Yeah, I'm part of the disciplinary committee, Danielson told Maggie and Perloff. Clearly what happened has happened. I'm somebody who, I like Punk. I think he brought a lot to AEW while he was there. But there's a lot that can say about it or, or that I want to say about it. Sorry, guys, I moved my script. There's a lot I can say about it. But, yes, I'm part of it. Danielson, however, shot down a notion that he spearheaded the process. Some people say I was the head of disciplinary committee. And I'm like, listen, there's more than three people involved in this decision. And most of them were all lawyers. To say that I was the head, I don't even have a college degree, as he laughed. I'm not in there bossing people around or anything like it. The question is, gentlemen, does it make sense to have an active competitor have the life of a, another active competitor career in their hands? Dan, we're opening up with you on a 30. Go. 
Well, if you're going to have somebody in charge in AEW, it might as well be another active competitor because it obviously isn't Tony Khan. It's really sad to see. And I mean, think about it. You have all this crap, the bad stories, the false stories when, oh, CM Punk's trying to get uh, Cole Cabana fired and all the crap that was not true and he didn't put a squash on it. He sat next to Punk at the brawl out where he ranted about all this horrible stuff and, and did nothing about it. If you have to have a disciplinary committee full of lawyers and some of your backstage talent to make decisions you don't have the spine for, then yeah, you definitely need somebody in charge. I mean, history, the territories are full of wrestler bookers and wrestler managers at the same time. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. In the case of Brian Danielson, uh, given his history, he's probably one of the most mature and intelligent minds for the business in that locker room. So, yeah, I get it. And I think the fact that CM Punk is already the number one merch seller in WWE right now and at the same month was the number one merch seller in AEW, proving he's one of the biggest stars in the business. Brian Danielson did him a favor firing him. But the fact that you had to form a disciplinary committee to decide what you were going to do with your biggest star when he got into a backstage scuffle with the Brooklyn brawler of your company is ridiculous. And by the way, Jungle Boy, gone. Nobody misses him. Nobody noticed. So good for him. If Brian Danielson could stay healthy, maybe he's got a, a opportunity here to actually do something. But no. Does he need to be on the committee? Man, maybe. But somebody needs to be in charge there. Nice job, Dan. Great thoughts. Player. You're starting with, looks like, nine. Got a little road to travel, but we know you can do it. No one's better than the comeback than, than the player, like Bruno Sammartino. Bounces right back. You're on a 30. Go, player. I, I got to say that, you know, I, I, I thought about this, and I thought about, like, if, if I was at my job, and I got into a scuffle with somebody, and I was in, in, in front of the president of the company, uh, the head of HR, and, and Frank, who I work with, who really, you know, is envious of my spot in the company and thinks that, if, you know, if, if he can have any, uh, you know, any, any say-so in bagging me, it, it's just, I don't, I don't know that, that Punk is going to go back and sue, but... That's to me. That is the most blatant conflict of interest that you could possibly have. That's that's. First of all, why do they need that? I mean, why do they need a committee? You know, does Vince McMahon convene committees? Hell no. This is why AEW is always going to be a second-rate promotion because they do shit like this. Um, you know, it, you cannot have another talent uh, dictating the fate uh, of, of a talent. I mean, like Dan said, though. I mean, they did him a favor. He's making, I'm sure he's making a shitload of money in WWE. And, um, you know, it, it hasn't hurt his image one bit. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, it seems like Tony Khan just shoots himself in the foot week after week. Yeah, you know, you, you watch, see whatever, you know, what stupid thing could he do next? Great job, Benny. Great bounce back. Well done. Joe. Yo. You're up next. This is a tight oh battle here. I'm looking at yeah, the scores a, we, here, and I'm thinking, man, here. our champion might be dethroned because you guys are running. You, you guys are running away with this. <laughs> You're on a thirty. Go, Joe. Yeah. All right, Dateline AEW 2023. Tony Khan has lost control of his company. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. I can't believe what I'm seeing. This is the biggest work in the world. CM Punk went to AEW improved his stock 
and he systematically got himself fired so he can go to the WWE and like everybody else said that he's going to become the number one merch man. He's going to change his image. He's going to do all that stuff. By the way, where's Jack Perry been? Oh, he's filing trademarks right now for his own name because probably knows he's out of there. Let me tell you something right now. I don't agree with all this. Uh, are we now unionizing professional wrestling? Tony Khan has lost control of his company. This whole situation in a normal company, a normal wrestling company, would not happen. It can't happen. You don't put two wrestlers with differences like they have in the past in the same room, never mind in the same arena together, alone. Nobody saw really what happened. Speculation this, speculation that. CM Punk all of a sudden disappears and comes back, and he's the guy, number one right now, eclipsing all merchandising, and God knows what's going to happen tomorrow night on Friday Night SmackDown when he shows up in Providence. I'm telling you right now, this is another huge work. Tony Khan has lost control of AEW. His father is going to be rip shit about this because they're going to start. This is WCW all over again. He's Eric Bischoff. Well done, Joe. Well done. <coughs> all right, Phil. Come on, champ. Get you up. All right. This well, is a battle. You're on a 30. Go. I'm, I'm sweating, baby. You know, um, is it a case of the inmates running the asylum? You know, look at the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just had a player who was, uh, what did he steal, $25 million from the team or something? It's like, my Lord, what's going on here in, in this world? Um, yeah, I think it was done for optics. You know, if the inmates are running the asylum, then the inmate you probably want to be running is, is one of the um, probably sanest and clean cut and someone with a great history and who's respected by the boys and certainly by Tony Khan. And that would be Dan Brian Danielson. And, um, you know, obviously his ring of honor history uh, plays heavily into this as, as Tony Khan obviously is not only owner, but a huge fan of the product. And, you know, it, it does bring a little more gravitas to the situation when one of the boys is, at least to the optics of the situation, is weighing in and making decisions um, about another uh, castmate, another wrestler, another colleague who actually, I mean, was involved in a fight, and that's really what kind of spurred this whole thing on here. So, um, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is on his way out. This is his sunset year. He's gonna. This is basically going to be his last year competing already on a part-time basis. So it's just a great way to, I guess, segue or transition him into office a little more, let him weigh in on something huge in nature. But ultimately, yeah, Punk wanted to go. This was like rehab for him. He came. He did his well time. Well done, Phil. Well done. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, I'm going to reiterate, I love the format of the show, and I got a lot of respect for you guys because this is a very, very – difficult competition going in cold to every question for everybody out there watching every one of these guys have no clue what they're going to be asked and they got to come up with something in literally no time question number three jake the snake roberts on wwe hall of fame prospects of vince russo fuck no jake roberts on the wwe hall of fame um said on a recent podcast um, if they, he considers Vince Russo being part of the elite cast. And his response was, okay, next question answered while laughing. Fuck no, my dead dog has better ideas than he did. Gentlemen, should Vince Russo be in the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? 
Joe, you open up this round. It's a tough question. You're on the 30. Go. Bro, should Vince Russo be in the WWE Hall of Fame? <laughs> bro, yes, bro. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame because he was the man who wrote half those great storylines of the Attitude Era, bro. We all know he likes to say bro. The bro needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I just read an article today that he would not, he would teach a class right now and tell everybody not to go into the wrestling business because you don't know what it's like being on the inside. When you're there working two live shows and trying to create these mega concepts that need to sell money, that need to sell media rights and all that stuff, bro, it's hard to do. It is. We all can sit back and say, oh, I would have done this or I would have done that, bro. I'm going to tell you right now, bro, Vince Russo is WWE Hall of Fame material. Why? You got Donald Trump in the Hall of Fame, bro. You got everybody else in the Hall of Fame, bro. Why shouldn't Vince Russo be in the Hall of Fame, bro? He should have been in there 20 years ago, bro, because he put in the Attitude Era. And then let's talk about his WCW with the Hulk Hogan and all that stuff. Call it Hulk Hogan. That was real stuff on live TV, bro. He knew what he was doing. Vince Russo is a genius and is and has done a lot for this uh, organization and wrestling and everybody else. I don't I don't know why that's even a question. Vince Russo, bro, should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, bro. Well done there, I'm Joe. Sure well done. Oh my god, <coughs> Phil, champ, you're running out of time. I just hate to I say, I can do it. it. I can do it. Minute thirty. You're on a thirty. Go. Vince Russo, the architect of Crash and Burn TV, you know, they always tout WWE Raws being the longest running episodic TV um, show in history. Uh, when Vince was at the helm, Vince Russo, it was, again, a lot of Crash and Burn, not a lot of continuity I didn't find between these stories, these angles, these elements, you know. And for, and for every, um, you know, for, for every successful uh, creation of his, there's also a Katie Vick. And if we look, say, to WCW, you know, for every creation there, there's that finger poke of doom that I think was a, he was a big part of. Um, it's interesting that he, we quoted Jake the Snake weighing in on this, and, and of course, he felt he feels very strongly. And we look towards, when we think of Vince Russo now, we think of his his his, I don't want to call him alter ego, but his nemesis, his enemy. And we think of Jim Cornette, of course. Say what you want about Corny. I mean, you know, I, some of his views are way out there, but he's got a brilliant wrestling mind and a, and a brilliant sense. And he, too, no doubt, is in stark opposition to uh, this, this potential nomination, you know. I mean, Vince Russo was a creative force. Was he Hall of Fame worthy? I don't know. What does he actually have his name attached to his fingers on? You know, Crash and Burn TV, it works for a while, you know. And he was a part of a team, but it was a larger team, and it ultimately well was done, deep into Phil. the top. Well done, Dan. Whoa, you're up next. Get you on the board. This is a battle, ladies and gentlemen. You're on the thirty. Go. Oh, um, I apologize. I needed to get some water. Joe called Vince Russo a genius, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. That was uh, <laughs> oh, oh man. No, um, <laughs> 
the, the problem is absolutely uh, Jake Roberts is a hundred percent on point. Absolutely not. It, Vince Russo doesn't deserve to sweep up the floor in any wrestling hall of fame to call him the architect of the attitude era is to give credit where credit is not due. Was he a writer? Yes. Was he the lead writer? Technically, but anybody who's ever been anywhere near creative knows every idea in the WWF goes through Vince McMahon. And if you talk or listen to interviews with Jim Cornette and Jim Ross and Bruce Prichard and anybody who was around creative at the time, for every one idea that might have worked, Vince Russo came up with a hundred that were absolute garbage, laughably garbage. He proved that his ideas only worked when someone else workshopped them or actually made them work. Uh, he didn't script Austin 316. He didn't script a lot of DX. He didn't script a lot of The Nation. Most of the core of the Attitude Era had nothing to do with Vince Russo. And then when he goes to WCW and he has complete power... And it's like, and, he, and he's workshopping his own stuff. You end up with Viagra on a pole and Judy Bagwell on a pole and David, uh, David, I almost said David Cornette, David Arquette as WCW champion. No, Vince Russo is a garbage mind who has proven time and time again, WCW, TNA, the, uh, the ideas he came out with WWF. He was the, he was the wrong man at the, in the right place at the right time for him for those few weeks where he, it was, he may have been around. That's why it was so easy for Vince to let him go. No, well absolutely done, not. Dan. He's not Hall of Famer. Dan, quick question. <laughs> Wouldn't you want a show where you had Vince Russo on it? Yes, but that had nothing to do with wrestling. That was actually a, a, a discussion on the conspiracy that Paul McCartney had died and been replaced with a body double. Because mm. on, uh, as well as wrestling, Vince <laughs> Russo is also a huge conspiracy theorist, to give you an idea of where his mind is. So let me ask you this question. If it would have went to wrestling, would you have told him that you thought he had a garbage mind? Yes. Nice. Give that I, man a point. I, I, I a point on that. I like somebody. that answer. I will never say anything about somebody I won't tell them to their face. If I have a chance to, to – and I'm not going to insult the man, call him a, an idiot and F you and blah, blah, blah. But, no, he, he's been he's been on the receiving end of that, I'm sure. I mean, shit, just listen to half the stuff Jim Cornette said about him. But, no, I would gladly, if I had the chance to talk to him, explain to him why, as a wrestling fan and a wrestling historian, I think he was a stain on the business. Well done. Benny. Wow. Let's make up some ground. You're on a 30. Go. Oh, yeah. Now I know how it feels to be uh, the fourth guy in a room with uh, three other hungry guys and a pizza who got there before me. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left. What the hell? I, I already did my Ricky Steamboat. I'm screwed. But um, no, do I think? Absolutely not. No. Uh, first of all, I'm not a big fan of the WWE Hall of Fame. To me, it's an it's an imaginary Hall of Fame. It exists in Vince McMahon's anus, you know, and the entry is you know procured by smooching said anus. So I don't have much worth for the Hall of Fame, you know. And Dan said it all. You got you know when you think of Vince Russo, what do you think of? You think of David Arquette. You think of the finger poke. You think of the Viagra on a pole. You think of Judy Bagwell. I think she was on a forklift, whatever the hell it was. So yeah, uh, come on. You know the the funny thing though is as much as Cornet despises Russo. He, he threatens to piss on his grave. But I don't see the same vitriol coming from uh, from Russo towards Cornette. But the funny thing is they both, if you listen to both of them talk, they both have very, very similar views as far as the w, w, uh, WWE and AEW. They, they're, they're both totally uh, not Tony Khan fans. So that part, I think, is very entertaining. But no, Vince Russo, no, I mean, he, no, he absolutely not. I just, I, I can't even, I can't say it anymore. Well done, Benny. But unfortunately, 
You're Uh-oh. one point behind the champ, which means you have to go to the land of Misfit Toys. See you. We want to thank you. Right, player. And hopefully next week you watch some AEW matches because I think that was the <laughs> thing that left you a little bit behind. That you would have been in this I'd race. R- I'd rather go to the Allen and Misfit Toys. Oh man! Wow, oh, I want to wow. give you a point for that. Wow. I do want to give you a point uh, for that, but I can't. All right. <laughs> nice seeing you, Benny. We'll see you next week, my friend. Don't forget, Dan and Bye, Benny man. is the co-host of one of the top-rated pro wrestling podcasts. Dan and Benny in the ring. And if you like true crime, he also does a true crime show, which is incredible. And if you like baseball, with his partner Joe over there and Dan, they do a great twin bill, which is fantastic. Benny is producing some really good stuff. Goodbye, Benny. To the land of misfit toys you go. (laughs) Well, the good thing about the land of misfit toys right now, this time of year, it's not too. It's very crowded. Very it is crowded very crowded. Um, I feel bad for Benny though because that first round hurt him. Not watching that match and it, it, like just put him at such a such a problem. All right, guys, this is really important. You got Dan way ahead at sixty-two, oh, yeah. which really isn't such a big deal because if you make it to the final round, we know you started zero again. Right. So it's just really. You two guys just getting to that final round. So, which one of you all is Florida State? Oof, oof, whoa! (laughs) Man, Dan's come to play, boy, and he's not leaving any prisoners. Vince McMahon has no plans to leave the WWE. Still holds considerable power in the company. Sports Illustrated reported today that they were told by sources in the WWE that Vince McMahon has no plans to leave the company. McMahon reportedly needed the money liquid, so he sold much stock, but it's unclear why he needed the money. The question is, should Vince leave? Dan, you're up first. A minute 30. Go. I think, I think at this point, yes, he should you know, let his, let his, as they say, let his baby die or, or let it go to someone else. I mean, you, you sold the company, you have a new board of directors. He's already been mentioned in a shareholders call as a stock liability. He needs the money. The first thing people think of is, oh, who's he paying off now? He's really kind of out to pasture at this point. You've got new ownership, you've got new creative, and every step of the way we're being told he has very little say. And you've noticed the product, Raw, SmackDown. Both better. NXT has been leaps and bounds ahead of the NXT 2.0 when he was kind of half running things down there. The the return of CM Punk, the signing of Jade Cargill, the return of Nia Jax. There's there's several big things now that are that are tied to other people. Now I do know they say she was his last hire, but you've got many things going that you look at and you go, wow, this is the way it should have been or the way it was for that brief period when Triple H was running things. Without Vince McMahon, the current Vince McMahon, the WWE is better. That doesn't take away from what he did to the product, but when he stepped away for the last time and sold the company and moved on and did other things, it the quality of the product is noticeably better. If he still has money tied up, good for him. But the second he has control again, the product will suffer, and you don't want that, especially because they're negotiating deals. And no, no, he, he should step away. He should be done. And I hate to quote CM Punk, but the WWE will only get better when he is finally gone, gone. Hey, Dan. I have to look at the history of this show, but this might have been the most points someone's ever gained in this show. I'm going to have to look and look at the record books. Oh I, I, pretty incredible. Give me Phil. the brass knuckles. 
You got that title on the line. You got Joe breathing down your back. Dan clearly came to play. You're on the 30. Go. Yeah, it's true that Vince sold about a quarter of his stock, I believe about a quarter, and uh, to liquefy that $700 million, staggering amount of money. huh? The things he could do with that, he could start his own uh, promotion. He could grease some palms too, as Dan says. But I think beyond that... He still wields lots of power there, okay? He's not been neutered. He's not been emasculated. He's not been stripped of any power, okay? And, of course, it's it's a family business, all right? And uh, Triple H is in charge now. And I refuse to believe that they don't get together and break bread and talk shop and that Triple H isn't still receptive to Vince's ideas, you know? One thing that I, I understand, uh, something really important to Vince and something that Endeavor is trying to do is, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun with another question here, um, the talk about putting sponsors or advertisers on the very ring itself. And I know Vince has always said that that's sacred territory, doesn't want to have any sponsors, any names, and that sort of thing. And I'm totally with them. And I guess Endeavor is, is kind of pushing um, to do that. I remember back in the day when the only sponsorship on the ring was the Everlast Turnbuckle, which I always thought was very cool at those Allentown tapings that really gave it a, 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 a just a, a credibility. So I hope that they keep some of Vince's um, Well done. Rules. Good points. Kind of, Good points, yeah. Phil. Fantastic. Joe. Ooh, ooh, okay. That was some tough competition. Dan is pretty far ahead of the pack. But Phil's within range to get you that final round. You're on the 30. Go. All right. This is no longer Vince McMahon's WWE. It's now TKO and Endeavor Holdings. And the reason is, is because Vince McMahon sold his company. Bottom line, he sold his company. Stock liability, all that stuff. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, why did he sell all that stock and all that, all that stuff? Because Vince McMahon wants control. Control is no longer in the gorilla room for Vince McMahon. He's no longer there. He doesn't get to see the final product go out the door. He doesn't have the final say in creativity like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and everybody else there. Um, right now, I will, go, I will go out and say that Vince McMahon is probably going to buy AEW at some point or invest in AEW just to stick it to TKO and Endeavor Holdings because the fact is Vince likes control. We all know mm -hmm. that. And it's his baby. So when you take away that baby, no matter what age you're at, you know, this is what happens. You're going to get this type of thing. It's all about control of Vince McMahon. And he's lost control. He's going to sell out. Vince McMahon headline next year is going to be somehow going to be some way be affiliated with Tony Khan and AEW. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, he's probably going to buy or invest in AEW. It has to be like that. And I'll even go out on a further limb. You talk about all these wrestlers and everybody coming back. Sasha Banks is rumored now to be coming back to the WWE. Take away Vince McMahon. There is no WWE. Technically, it's TKO and Endeavor Holdings now. Well done, Joe. Well, Phil, what a great title run. It just it was fun well was in the cards this week, my friend. Well done. Land to the Misfit Toys. Congrats, guys. See you next week, uh, Phil. See you next week. We Take love care. you, Phil. Love you guys. Well, Joe. Seems like oh. the second place spot has been haunting you. Now oh. you're in the final round. Dan is probably, and I'm going to look in the records, had the greatest 
rounds in the history of the short history of the show. Guys, the question I have is this. Unfortunately for you, Joe, Dan's going to open up. So your answers are oh. probably going to have to be much more elaborate and different. Here we go. Dan, I want you to give me your night one card and night two card for WrestleMania. And you better make it good. A minute 30. Go. All right, well, if I'm going to book WrestleMania, fantasy book WrestleMania, you want to start with the main events. And I would do a decision that I think most people wouldn't want, and that's I'm putting the belt on Cody at the Royal Rumble because I'm going to have The Rock uh, interfere in some way, either stop solo or directly cost it. But you have to build up night two. Main event of night two is Roman versus The Rock, which doesn't need to be for the belt. Night one, I book CM Punk to win the Rumble, CM Punk versus Cody. There's night one, especially because at that point, you're also sticking it to AEW. Look at all this money we're making with stars you didn't know what to do with. Other matches you have to book is you bring Gunther in and have Gunther against Seth Rollins and finally give him the second world title. Uh, you've got, I would also have, as far as women's matches go, you've got to look at, at what you're doing now in your women's division with Bianca Belair and EO Sky. But at this point, you're building up the face turn. So I would have Bailey and EO in, as my SmackDown women's title match on Raw. You've got to look at your other stars there, whether you, you tack on a Charlotte, whether you push somebody up from NXT, whether it be a returning Sasha Banks or maybe the rumor of an AJ Lee. Other matches you've got to do, you've got to book something with the, the Judgment Day falling apart. You've got to look at who can challenge Rhea. You've got to also look as far as undercard matches that you absolutely must have. There are stars like Sami Zayn and Nakamura have to be on the card. But no, your main event, Roman. Rock, Cody, CM Punk. Damn. I did not see it going that way. I didn't expect you to come up with that, but that's a hell of a card, Dan. So, 12 points. What the, what the hell did he just say? Oh, my God. That's a lot of information. <laughs> Joe, 12 points. A minute 30. Night one, night two. You're booking WrestleMania. Make it good. You're on the 30. All right, if I'm booking WrestleMania right now, I can guarantee you CM Punk will not be there. And you know why? Because A, he's either going to get himself in trouble, or B, he's going to get hurt. So let's knock that right out of the park right now. The story continues for Cody Rhodes. Night one, Rhodes, Rollins. Cody Rhodes wins the title. We finally get to see the, 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 the finish of the story. Great. That's all fine and dandy. Moving on. We got night two. Main event, Roman Reigns versus The Rock. You know what's going to happen. It's going to happen. But does The Rock win? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I think Roman Reigns pulls it off, and he remains a tribal chief. The Rock shakes his hand. Roman Reigns turns face. The Usos realign. Everybody comes back together. The bloodline's back together. Solo Sokoa, all the guys. But, however, they're not bad guys anymore. They are good guys. you got to love it. For the main event, for the women, I'm going to tell you, it's a four-way. What's old is new again. History will repeat itself. I'm telling right now, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks will all be going after that illustrious title. And guess who I got coming in on this time? Sky Blue from AEW. Oh! Whoa! stock is rising. It's going through the roof. That match last night with Tony Storm was just unbelievable action. I'm telling you right now, that's what I got going on. Everybody else, 
the undercard, the Miz, all that. Logan Paul will be there. You can do whatever you want there. Everyone's going to see the main events right now. The story continues for Cody Rhodes. And I got Sky Blue winning the latest. Oh, what a round. But unfortunately, yet oh. again, we have a new champion. And it's Dan and Betty from Dan and Betty in the ring. We'll see you at the Land of Misfit Toys the next week. Dan, congratulations. Great round. We'll see you next week. <coughs> That's fine.